On this episode of the Popcorn Diet, we talk about what we've been doing the past few months, what we've been watching, and then we go through our 12 movie categories of Christmas. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie popcorn and other delicious movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, welcome back. Thank you. How it's you good doing? to be back. I know. It feels good to be back. We're back in the studio. We, uh, we're, we're all clean. We're all, we're all fresh. And, uh, and we decided after my, <laughs> my bout of, of cinema-fueled depression that it is time to get up, get out, and celebrate the holidays and get back into the swing of things, man. So I got to give you credit right off the bat for, for helping motivate me and stuff because it's been rough. It's true. It's been rough, man. It's been rough seeing a lot of... Uh, I mean, most of it is uncertainty, you know? I, I, I don't like uncertainty. And so when you see, you know, movie theaters get closed down again, when you see lockdowns closed down again, when you see uh, Warner Brothers announcing their entire movie slate is going simultaneously to their streaming service and theaters, you get a little concerned. I get a little concerned myself about the the future of movie theaters, which is one of my favorite things in the world. It's a big part of my identity. But like I said, we sat down, we had a conversation, we wanted to get back doing the podcast. And uh, and so we figured, you know, you told me now would be a good time, obviously, to kind of recap what we've been talking about. But because it's the holiday season, because we have Christmas soon coming up, because we're already in the midst of Hanukkah and and whatever you celebrate, we're, we're going to do a little spin on, uh, on the 12 days of Christmas. That's right. But uh, let me ask you, we'll do a little back and forth here. What have you been up to in the, uh, in the cold, lonely quarantine hours besides having to wrestle three children? Well, let's first off and start with Arizona is not cold. It's, it's getting cold. It's a it's, little chilly now. But it's a little chilly. I think it was still in the 90s. Like yeah. mid November. It's it's so it's pretty late at night right now when we're recording this and it's fifty one. All right. So, so everyone in Wisconsin, suck it. Yeah, to our friends in <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska that listen, yeah, it's our friends in the north, any of our many we, friends in the north. We have we have nothing to uh complain about I'm here. I'm wearing shorts right now. <laughs> we I have shorts are. and a short sleeve shirt. Yep. <laughs> so for me, as far as the since we last met, which I think was in September, so yeah. it's it's been a minute. It's been kind of more of the same. I've been trying to find things that I've always wanted to watch that I hadn't yet, and I have kind of narrowed in on Star Wars. Okay, I don't know why. I don't know where it came from, but I've always enjoyed, obviously, Star Wars. The the movie the, experience. The movies, sure. as well as, obviously, the topics. I used to read some of the books and things like that. But for some reason, I had never done Clone Wars. So mm. I binged all of Clone Wars, which took a minute because there's a lot. It's a lot. It's long. Yeah. It's there's like, like seven, seven seasons, and there's like 25-plus <laughs> episodes a season. It's a lot. And, and they're fast, you know, but still. They're like 25 to 30 minutes, but still, I mean, you think about that. That's a, it's a lot good of time. amount of time. Yeah, it's I don't, I don't time. really want to think about that. 
And now I'm on to Rebels, which I think I'm two seasons in. About, okay. About halfway through the second season. Okay. So I've enjoyed that. And obviously, being in that Star Wars mode only made this past week when Disney had their shareholders meeting and yes. announced all the oh my god all the stuff they've got cooking and it was a massive amount of Star Wars stuff which I think we've all been waiting for. I mean Disney's owned Star Wars for what like 5 years, 6 yeah, years now. Yeah, cuz Force Awakens came out in when? 15? 15, 17, 19. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's even later than that because I think. Uh, well, anyways, it's been regardless. A while. They've had it for a while, and and obviously we got those three movies, which were massive, mm-hmm. and we've gotten Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which was great, but we haven't really gotten a whole lot else. I guess we got Solo. Yeah, we got and Rogue. Solo, Rogue One. We got the seventh so season we got of the Clone Wars. Five movies, one season of Clone Wars, and Mandalorian, but. When we compare that to like how much Marvel, how many Marvel movies we got, right. or everything else that's been going on for IP that's as valuable and as popular as Star Wars, I think everybody's been kind of pining for more. And Mandalorian definitely fed that appetite for oh a while. God, yes. But now we're suddenly seeing all these different things that we're gonna get. We're gonna Mando. get the Ahsoka. We're gonna get. Um, We're gonna get the 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 Rangers of the New Republic. Rangers of the New Republic, the, the Bad as, Batch. We're gonna get yeah, all sorts of things. We're so gonna get Obi the Obi One. Yep. We're gonna get a new Patty Jenkins is basically doing an X Wing fighter pilot movie. So you're talking Top Gun. You're talking your fighter pilot movie, but in Star Wars in X Wings called Rogue Squadron. Well, and we're getting um, oh, we're getting. What's his name? Back as Darth Vader. Hayden Christensen Hayden coming Christensen back as back. Darth Vader. That's going to be something. If you haven't watched, because Disney did its shareholders call, and and anyone can watch it. You don't have to be a shareholder of Disney to watch it. And it's basically, they just laid out their entire plan. Because they've gotten, I mean, much like most of the entertainment industry this year, they've gotten beaten up. You know, they haven't been able to have their parks open. They haven't been able to have their mega blockbuster movies opening in theaters, you know. But what they have had is Disney Plus. And we're not going to turn this into a whole argument about streaming versus the theatrical experience. But they really doubled and tripled down on Disney Plus. Not only did they announce a ton of Star Wars stuff, but as you said, like they announced literally a dozen different Marvel items, both films and their release dates, as well as all of the different shows that they're going to be doing for Marvel as well and how they're all interconnected. Mm -hmm. Just a boatload. And, like, I'm going to try and fight the urge to call it content because there is something about just calling all everything content that really grosses me out and really diminishes the actual magic that this storytelling can actually do mm-hmm. and pull off. But boy, howdy, are they going to be doing a lot over the next couple of years? So, so yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna so, be fun. So you but got the you got the Star Wars kick going. I also partook in some Star Wars. I watched the Rebels, which I cannot. Rebels is, was an incredible four seasons, in my opinion. Um, I watched. I'm in the midst of season four of Fargo, which if you haven't watched, if you love Fargo or the Coen brothers, there are four seasons of Fargo on Hulu that are incredible, that are a, a perfect tribute to not just Fargo Coen brothers, but every Coen brothers. 
Like, there is stuff in this show that is incredible. So I'm almost done with the fourth season on that as well. Um, I've been, you know, dabbling in, in different movies and whatnot. But when Mank came out a couple of weeks ago, David Fincher made Mank. And it was written by his, his father. And it was a story of Herman Mankiewicz who wrote, co-wrote, or it is disputed, wrote or co-wrote Citizen Kane... I decided, finally, I am going to knock the number one movie off my list of not seen movies, and I actually watched Citizen Kane for the first time. And I can't tell you why I held off on it for so long. I can't tell you, you know, I don't have a reason behind it. It was a, It's an old movie, or it's an old black and white movie. That's the best reason I can come up with. And I finally watched it, and I got to tell you, man, everything that you hear about Citizen Kane is true. Like... I went into Citizen Kane literally the least cold you could possibly go. Mm -hmm. I knew everything about it. I read every dissertation about it. I, I, I knew the behind-the-scenes stories of it. I, I knew all the stories about how it was this groundbreaking achievement in filmmaking. And then I watched it, and I'm just like, everybody's absolutely right. Like, the DNA of modern filmmaking can be traced back to Citizen Kane sure. in a big, bad way. And, and I find that to be absolutely fascinating, the way that the angles work in ways that angles did not work back then, the way that he filmed these scenes, the way the cinematography worked and things like that, the way the storytelling was nonlinear and the way it bounced back and forth. People didn't make movies like that. Yeah. And now it's completely regular. And so Citizen Kane was incredible. Mank was really good. But I didn't really emotionally connect with it. And maybe that's because it's a David Fincher movie. Maybe that's because it's a lot of talking shop about the film industry and the politics of the era and whatnot. Still, I mean, really enjoyable movie, incredible cinematography, amazing score, amazing performances. I wonder if I would have been more connected to it had I watched it in a movie theater. I guess we'll never know. Um, but if you love movies and you love movie history and you are looking for a, a gateway into more movie history watch citizen kane and watch mank and that's film school for you that's the fir your first year of film school congratulations so that, i was i was really happy to participate in that and, and and obviously there will be more streaming and coming along wonder woman comes out on christmas soul comes out on christmas there's a lot of things that we plan on talking about but it's, we're not there yet, nope. right? We're leading up to it. And so, much like in the tradition of, of some of the best holiday movies out there, we sat down and we kind of talked about how we wanted to talk about Christmas. Because I think it was you who found that we had done a Christmas episode in the past. Mm -hmm. It was like our first year. is like our 25th episode or something yep. like that. Um, and so we wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to celebrate our holiday classics, our, our favorites, and, and whatnot, and we decided a little bit of a different approach to it, David. Uh, we wanted to do the 12 movies of Christmas, but not just listing and talking about 12 movies, mm -hmm. right? So t tell us a little bit about how we're approaching this. Yeah, so we've already talked about some of our favorites. If you want to go back, you can go back. It is episode 25. It's still on all the, the different podcast sites. Yep. And you can review. Uh, we actually, in that episode, spent about 25, 30 minutes talking about our favorite movies. And then the second half, 
we actually kind of made it March Madness style and did a bracket mm-hmm. where we went through your filling out of the bracket. And so if you want to listen to that, spoiler, I think Scrooge won for you. Scrooge won for me. Scrooge is my favorite Christmas movie. Exactly. So rather than just kind of doing that in another way and just talking about our favorite Christmas movies, we wanted to take it a little different take. So we are doing the 12 days of Christmas, but it's not our top 12 movies. Right. Each day, quote unquote, is actually going to be a different category. So um, we will talk about which categories uh, are which days. But before we go into that, I want to just kind of say what I think a Christmas movie is. And we kind of talked about this in, in that other episode. It's a never-ending debate. But there's always the debate. You know, I think the one that gets thrown around the most is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? Right. Um, it is. We talk about it a whole lot more <laughs> in that previous episode. But short, long, long and short of it is, it is in our view. So basically, there's two aspects. And in my opinion, and I'll let you you chime in on whether you think there is more to it. But... I boil it down to basically two things. The movie has to take place either leading up to Christmas or during Christmas. Okay. I think even after Christmas is borderline, whether you could call it a Christmas movie. Sure. Um, At some point in the movie, like you can have most of the movie happen after Christmas, but like Christmas has to be a part of it. In it. Plus, I think when you think about Christmas movies, like typically you're watching them before. Like not a lot of people plug in Home Alone on, like, January 3rd. Right. So... I mean, Home Alone is universal. Sure. But, but like, let's say, for example, how many people are watching Miracle on 34th Street in, in April? Yeah. Well, and after you endure the holidays, because everybody loves Christmas time, or a lot of people love Christmas time yeah. or the holidays, but it they are exhausting. So usually when you get to January, like, you've already taken your Christmas lights down, You've already moved on, and while you love that time, you're ready to move on. Right. Um, The other category or the other criteria in my mind, in addition to it, like the timing of it, Christmas has to play a key role in the film. And so you may say, well, you said Die Hard was a Christmas movie, and it's not a key part of the film. But I would debate that that is not true because John McClane doesn't even show up to that building where everything goes down. The Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi Plaza. If not for the Christmas party that's happening and right. his desire to reconcile with his wife, which is another kind of trope of Christmas movies is there's usually family involved or reconciliation mm-hmm. or coming together. And all of that is caused by that Christmas party. Yes, there's very few Christmas things once we get into it, but it is would not be happening the way that it does if not for Christmas. So to me, it's a Christmas movie. Those are really the only two things that I judge on. So I don't have a whole lot of criteria to be a Christmas movie, but those are my main things. Uh, Anything you add? For me, it's, it's, I'm on board with all of that. You know, Um, in my opinion, a true Christmas movie has more than just lip service to Christmas. It's got to have an actual effort to include Christmas iconography. That means I need a little bit more than some Christmas lights in the background. I need a little bit more than somebody saying, hey, it's Christmas. Like, I I, I need a little bit more than that. I need a little bit more in terms of, do I hear sleigh bells in the the musical score? Maybe. Die Hard has it, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Do I hear Christmas 
you know, I think, what is it? Run DMC has the Christmas and Hollis mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, in Die Hard as well. Like, I need a little bit more than that. Um, there's some ones that, that aren't like, you know, like case in point, L.A. Confidential, right? My favorite movie of sure. all time. That movie's pivotal starting point, you know, the, the bloody Christmas, the whole jail cell fight happens on Christmas night at the Christmas party. Mm -hmm. And then nothing about Christmas matters sure. ever again. Not a Christmas movie, you know? I would so. argue that California in general is a tough it's true. place to do a Christmas movie. Right, not because, impossible. No, not impossible, but, but like... All of the filming outside, nothing's going to bring you back to Christmas except for decorations and right. other items. You really got to lean. You really got to lean into it because Shane, you know, like Shane Black likes to do a lot of his movies during Christmas, and sure. Shane Black also likes to set a lot of his movies in California mm -hmm. too. So it's it's tough. Uh, some of those balances are, but to me, like that's Christmas. It's right. got there is something. There's almost an intangible feeling. Something that can't be explained, something that doesn't have a measurement that says to you in your soul, that's a Christmas movie. Almost like the spirit of Christmas. Almost like the spirit of Christmas itself. Now, that might be different for everybody. It's true. So, But this is our podcast, so we're going to do whatever we damn well please. So let's jump into the category. So I, I want to kick this off because I feel like I am the most currently equipped person to talk about our first Day one. Indeed. Slash category one. Indeed. So on the first day of Christmas, we're going to be talking about the best animated Christmas film. That's so a long list. Pretty pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. And yes, it is a very long list. We are not counting the many, and I say this from my hands-on experience, the many Netflix quote-unquote movie specials from every random cartoon there's, out there that's on so Netflix. Many. Alien, Xmas, Monster Christmas. Anybody that's a parent knows Cars what I'm talking Christmas, about. Cars yeah. like, Christmas. Yeah. So, Actually, David, I got to pause right there because we yes. I think we left out one big thing here. Oh, what's that? I think we left out the fact that we are going to pick four mm. of these. We did. We right? forgot to mention that. So We, we want to have a little bit of interaction. And yeah. you brought up the, 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 the bracket that we did a couple of years ago. And you can actually still go to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. And find that bracket, just search Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, but in this case, what we're gonna do is we're gonna ran, we're gonna list off a bunch. We're, just, we're gonna pay lip service to plenty of them, but we're mm -hmm. we're then going to pick four that we're gonna lock in, and then we're gonna give you the opportunity to vote on all of these between the release of this episode and December 25th, mm -hmm. and and we'll we'll see who the true winner is, but we got to narrow it down to four, so for these 12 days of Christmas, we'll have 12 tweets for you to vote on our picks, our final four picks, so mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do for each one of these days. Exactly, so getting into that, the reason we're going to mention all the ones that we considered is to let you know... If we somehow leave out some obscure Christmas movie that you actually absolutely adore, yeah, apologies. Sorry. And you will also notice that there's a lot of repeat ones, and that's partly because while there are a lot of Christmas movies, there are not a lot of great Christmas movies. All-timers. Like ones that would be winning awards 
if we were to do Christmas awards that are in so, the rotation, you know, yeah. the it, it, a, a rotation, a Christmas movie that gets added into the rotation comes around once, maybe five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be skipping over the obscure ones sometimes. Like, I mean, I severely doubt that we're gonna have a lot of love for gosh, a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. Sorry. Yep. Hate to break it to you. Well, and I will also mention that, hate to break it to everybody as well, Rick and I both aren't heavy on watching the romantic chick flick Christmas movies. Sorry, guys, but your preacher's wives, your love actuallys... I watched, I should actually shout out to good friend of the podcast. Love Actually is a good movie. So. Love Actually is a great movie. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, we're not, that's not the debate, right? Um, I do want to say shout out to a good friend of the podcast, Jessica Gallagher. She talked me into watching Holidate Ooh, okay. on, uh, on, and? on the Netflix with Emma Roberts and, and? Um, some Australian dude. Uh, didn't hate it. Okay. I found it to be um, enjoyably vulgar, which okay. I found refreshing. <laughs> And I mean, it's a rom com. It's sweet. It's it's sugar, you know. But but I enjoyed it. Uh, quick, quick, non Twelve Days of Christmas. Yes. Favorite rom com Christmas movie. It might be that one. Honestly, <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't know what to pull from here. I mean, I guess it depends, you know, because a lot of a lot of these Christmas movies have a little bit of romance in them. It's true. You know, I mean, think about it. Think about uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. With uh, Martha May Huvier. I was like, Grinch. where are you going with Cindy Lou yeah. Who? Not Cindy Lou Who. No, 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 What's wrong with you? Watch that movie again. Number one, that movie's horny as hell. But number two, The Grinch and Christine Barinsky's characters, a little bit of romance in there, right? You look at, I mean, Santa Claus, Christmas Chronicles. We said love actually, but Christmas Vacation is all about love. You know, the season is about love. So it kind of... Has to happen. Elf has a little bit Absolutely. of rom com in it. Happiest season just came out. So, all right. Not to, I, I certainly don't want to crap all over the Christmas rom com because I think it's a little bit more ingrained um, than, than maybe you or I might we, be readily admit. We but. also don't know these new ones that have come out. So, I know like Jingle Jangle came out on Netflix. Yeah. I did not watch it yet. That I started soundtrack. watching it with. Uh, my kids, they were not into it. No. But granted, I have kids that are four years and younger. They're so, not there yet. Um, so, yeah. So, they're not there yet. But that being said, we, we tried to include as many. So, we'll get back to day one, category one, best animated film. Some movies in consideration that we will throw out there that we thought about. Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Yep. Watched that a few times. Classic. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Another, cl- I mean, we're talking class. These are absolutes. The, the right Polar the Express, Rudolph the Red Nosed Ranger, yep. Dr. Seuss the Grinch, not the Jim Carrey one, the one that came out not too long ago. That one, but we also can say the other Dr. Who, Dr. Seuss is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The original. The original. Yep, the OG. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, Frosty the Snowman, yep. Disney's A Christmas Carol, Frozen. Is that a Christmas movie? What do we think? I don't know. Th- I say no. Because I agree. I, it's winter. It's on people's lists, but. I'm calling it's it It's no. winter adjacent, but it's not Christmas. So, for everybody listening to this, if Frozen is your answer, sorry, not making the Out. list. Out. Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. Okay. 
Arthur Christmas. Okay. Underrated a little Very bit, in underrated. my opinion. Claus. I think that was a direct-to-Netflix one. Claus was a direct-to-Netflix one. came out last year, I think. It it came out... Or maybe the year before. Regardless, um, I've watched it with my year. kids. I believe, Wasn't that nominated for... Be- like, that was straight-up nominated for Best Animated it was, Film. It was great. It was a legit movie. Um, there's a couple other ones that, uh, I mean, I don't know that are going to necessarily make the list, per se. But um, did we say Rise of the Guardians? Rise of the Guardians. We did not. That's got Santa as a superhero, man. I mean, we're talking Jack Frost. We're talking the Mm -hmm. Easter Bunny, Hugh Jackman Easter Bunny. We're talking Santa, old Saint Nick as like this brick shithouse of a a superhero. So you got to talk Rise of the Guardians a little bit. And then I guess it depends on like... I'm not even going to... I was listening to a Rewatchables episode where they made the argument that a movie was an animated film. And I can't remember the movie off the top of my head, but it is certainly not an animated film. So I almost just suggested... Was it Beowulf? No, it wasn't Beowulf. It was... Because that is an animated film. It is. No, it was like a live-action animated film. Interesting. It would be akin to me saying, does the Muppet Christmas Carol count as an animated film? The Grinch? The answer is No. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol is not an animated okay. film. Um, I, I mean, that's we got several versions of the Grinch. We got Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. We got that's pretty much everything. I mean, I can't think of another big important one. All right. So know? the way that we're going to do this, if Rick and I seem to be on the same page, we'll kind of mutually come together. Okay. On the four, but if we're just at at odds on this, <laughs> then. We will pick two each for this. Okay. So I feel like animated, we can probably come to a conclusion, but I could be wrong because you could evaluate this on nostalgia and, Mm -hmm. you know, those classics, which would be the category of like Rudolph, the original Grinch, Charlie Brown Christmas, Frosty the Snowman. That's four right there if you really wanted to. Yep. You could go on probably the, the higher quality animation as well as maybe more entertaining and that would be probably some of your more recent ones mm-hmm. you could go rotten tomatoes route like we could was it just better received we could go the fact that my two-year-old james has made me every single night watch the grinch he will literally when the credits start rolling say more grinch more grinch the, the and we Benedict watch Cumberbatch, again Cumberbatch, the newest yes one? oh my god more grinch. holy crap that being said, I actually really enjoy that one. Okay. So. Well, I mean, you've been, you basically have Stockholm Syndrome now. It's true. I've seen it <laughs> at least 17 times in the last 10 days. So I have, I mean, we really haven't test, tested out this process. No. I have four, in my opinion, that okay. stand above we'll the rest. We'll see if I try to debate any. My, and I'll tell you right now, m- most of the, these choices right here are just going to be based, I'm feeling it. Okay. I'm just feeling it. You're feeling okay? it. All right. But in my opinion, there are four that stand above the rest. Okay. And my, and my four are The Nightmare Before Christmas. Agreed. The Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. The Polar Express. Mm-hmm. And the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Interesting. Those, that's the four that I think. And again, I'm just going by feeling here. Interesting. That's what I'm going with. I'm not like I'm. I'm open to debate, obviously. Interesting. But that's that's my choice. So I, I we're locked into Nightmare Before Christmas. I think that's that's a must have. Got to go in. So we're going to uh, we're going to lock that in. 
I like the idea of having an original animation here on the list. Okay. I watched Rudolph just the other day. It's rough. The old I mean, stop motion? Yeah. I yeah. mean, one, it's like those reindeer are like, I mean, there's some stuff in that movie. Yeah. Like, who's Rudolph's? Is it Comet? Is Comet Rudolph's uh, dad? I can't remember. Regardless, I don't know. like, dad wanting him to, like, color his nose black so people can't tell that he's it's got rough. a red nose. Like, there's some there's some depth to that movie that that tackles some difficult things for reindeer. You hate to see it. Uh, we've got the 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 song. I'm I'm not just a misfit. You know, you got all those types of things. Yes, it's fresh in my this mind. This is from the, the this elf, is, you're the talking elf who about wants to be a dentist. You're talking about the 1964 stop motion animated one, right? Yes, the one where yeah, where he wants to be a dentist. Yeah, yeah, Hermie. Her oh Hermie. Hermie the elf. Oh Hermie. That being said, if we're going to do one of the originals, I probably lean. Oh man, I know, right? I probably have to lean towards the original Grinch because it's okay, just iconic. So I'll agree with you there. Yes. So the original, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we may get people that debate us that it was a like TV special, Whatever, not a movie, man. but get over <laughs> yourself, okay? The Polar Express, I feel like, was a massive deal. And we have in Arizona here, do you know this? You can actually ride the Polar Express? Yeah. Uh, Williams, it, Arizona? It's up in Williams, yeah. I think I've I actually, done it twice. I think I did it. Uh, I think me and my group of friends, they're, if they listen to this podcast, they're going to get on me about not remembering. But I'm pretty sure we went up and did it one time. See, I did it with my children. No, but I no. didn't do it as a... We did it as a... We weren't, adult, we weren't quite adults. I'd say mid-20s, maybe. Are you, are you an adult yet? No. <laughs> no, I am not. Um, but yeah, no. I, number one, I think the Polar Express is a big deal. You're talking Robert Zemeckis, one of, one mm-hmm. of uh, an, an all-timer director. Back to the Future, Cast Away... Uh, all these types of movies. You're talking Forrest Gump. You're talking Tom Hanks, one of the biggest movie stars ever. And not for nothing, but that soundtrack is like in the rotation. That all soundtrack's right. really good. All right, we'll throw Polar Express in there. I'll I'll be agreeable on that. Okay. Pick four. You had Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes, I did. Went classic animation again. All right, we'll go with it. Okay, I, th- I think we'll, I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't die on any hill. Not on yet. This one. You're gonna save it. <laughs> we'll we'll save my uh, my debating for the next for uh, for another one down the line. So, I I the Charlie Brown Christmas is a special one to me just because like I remember, um, I just remember really feeling like the whole like. Oh, you got a bad tree. You suck, Charlie Brown, and how it's it's so not a part of any of that. Well, there's also the impact, you know. People always go back. You got a Charlie Brown tree if you see, like, yep. that sad-looking tree. Yep. Um, kind of like this year's Yep, New exactly. Tree. All right. Exactly. You okay. want to introduce Category 2, yes, Day cat- 2? Category number 2. Our, our, on the second day of Christmas, or on our second category, we are talking the best Santa Claus in a motion picture. And... When we say best Santa Claus, we're talking about an actual Santa Claus or a character who is primarily portraying a Santa Claus Mm -hmm. or known as a Santa Claus. Okay, so, I mean, Scott Calvin, Tim Allen in the Santa Claus, that's that's he's kind of like your number one, 
seed in this regard. Spoiler, he's probably going to be in the, the in the the four that we pick. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to happen. Um, you're talking about, I mean, even Sandy Claus in mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, that is a Santa Claus. That is an actual Santa who maybe not me, maybe not is the main part of the movie, but is, you know, not insignificant. We're talking <laughs> Willie, Willie, <laughs> Willie T. Soak and Bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. We're talking him playing it. We're talking Nicholas St. North and Rise of the Guardians. We're going to go, we're going to even, so we're not going to talk about the Grinch either, okay? I want to make it a point to say the Grinch is the Grinch who masquerades as Santa for a brief moment, Okay. And he doesn't even really I mean in the new animated he does try to act like him. Right. But, but he comes after Santa and takes everything that Santa gave everybody. Yeah. So Yeah. It's 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 just it's different. He is not a Santa Claus. But we also have Kurt Russell's Santa in the Christmas mm, Chronicles. True. We have Bill Goldberg, who played Santa, Killer Santa in Santa Slay. Mm. Speaking of Killer Santas, we have the Santa from Rare Exports, which is like this Swedish horror movie where this Santa comes in and punishes those who are naughty by like murdering people. Um, he's like, isn't he? He's like buried, and they like uncover Santa Claus. It's, like it's insane. He's like so. I've actually watched it. Uh, if I remember correctly. The people that they thought were Santa Claus weren't actually Santa Claus. They were his elves, and there was another Santa Claus that was buried. Uh-huh. I think. I think so. Um, like I got. I got to rewatch it again. <laughs> well, we're talking um, Ed Asner in Elf. We're talking his Santa Claus. Um, there's just a lot out there. We we even considered someone like the Tic Tac Santa Tic-tac from Home Alone. From Home Alone, where um, he's obviously not Santa, right? Kevin even tells him as much. Yes. But I know that you work for him. He kind of plays that role of Santa. So we don't necessarily have to have someone as Santa Claus. We could have Santa someone. adjacent. Yeah, who's fulfilling that role. They have to be wearing Santa's clothes or right. be playing that role or something. Again, spoiler, Tic Tac Santa's not going to be in the list. No. But he was another character that we thought about. We Heck, we even thought about... All the Santas that attack Arnold and Sinbad in yep. Jingle All the I Way. Think, I think the giant, I think the big show is one of those Santas. The big show is one of those Santas. Um, we also got to mention the the duo of Paul Giamatti and Vince Vaughn mm. as Santa and Fred Claus. There you go, yep. A lot of Santas up there. Er, what, could one argue Ernest saving Christmas? <laughs> Easy. Um, Tom Hanks, obviously, in Santa Claus, you know, mm-hmm. in, in playing multiple characters. Sure. Um, in uh, Polar Express. the Polar Express, thank you. Um, Krampus, not really. Yeah. Krampus is Krampus is Krampus. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of Santa Clauses in the movie. So, David, I, let's start with you. I think there's two that, in my opinion, are, are locks okay. here. I think you got to have Scott Calvin. Got to have Scott from the Calvin. Santa Claus. I personally believe you got to have the classic Miracle on 34th Street wow. Santa Claus. Look at you. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people, especially people slightly older than us, that sure. grew up more watching Miracle on 34th Street, 
like think of when they think of a Santa Claus. Like that shaped in a lot of ways the image of like what we view Santa's even because it's the it's a mall Santa in Mm -hmm. essence. Like we all grow up seeing the mall Santas. And like when you're younger, thinking that's Santa Claus. And that's almost like the view of of what we see Santa. So I believe we got to keep a classic in there and go uh, Chris Kringle from from Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. After that, you know, I think there's there's some some conversation. I kind of feel like maybe we need to include Bad Santa. I feel like we kind of maybe need to include Bad Santa too, just like to throw a curveball out there. Yeah, throw a throw a dark horse in there. Throw a dark horse. Yeah, we also <laughs> we didn't mention another one we had, which is Kate's father from Gremlins. Ah, yeah, who doesn't yeah. actually show up in the movie as Santa Claus, but is part of the story. Yes. about why she hates Christmas because he get <laughs> dies in the freaking fireplace, which is just like, oh my god, that movie. That part is insane. Um, not not going to be on the list. Sorry, no, kids. Probably not going to be on the list. Um, there there is a part of me that wants to um, that does want to include like Billy Bob Thornton, but also like we can't go too far with that. Like Bill Goldberg is not making it on no, this list. Bill Goldberg. So if if I was to fill out the last two and, and let me know what you think of this, I okay. think we go Willie T. Soak from Bad Santa and. I think we get an animated one in there and we go. Funny enough, I'm not going to say Nightmare because the problem with Sandy Claus is there's actually a Santa in Nightmare right. as well. Right. And, oh, that's true. And he's really not that memorable. No. Nah. So he gets kidnapped. He gets kidnapped like by a sucker. Oogie so we're I'm I'm gonna say maybe we go with Stick with an animated and go the the Nicholas St. North from Rise of the Guardians. You know, I like that. To give I, another angle of portraying Santa. I like that idea. And a lot of people just tend to forget that there are a lot of Christmas movies out there that are, are not, they're not Santa related. Mm-hmm. You know, I am severely tempted now that we made the comment to include the big show as the gigantic <laughs> Santa Claus, but I will not be doing that. Um I, I like I like this one as well because we got the this is all the classics. This is like basically your four quadrants of Santas, right? You have you have Chris Kringle, who is your a prototypical Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. You have Willie from Bad Santa, who is the polar opposite of your atypical You're Santa rated Claus. R Santa. You're rated yep. R Santa Claus. We have Scott Calvin, who is the modern day prototypical Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. He's like the, the to use basketball analogy, he's like the Zion Williamson of Santa Clauses, <laughs> whereas like Chris Kringle might be your Bill Armstrongs or your, you know, your Oscar okay. Robertsons or whatever. Um, so that leaves, I think you're right. I think throwing in an animated one is good. And if we're not including the Grinch as a Santa, Nicholas St. North is pretty good because you're getting a different take on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting a different take on again a superhero Santa, somebody who's who's kicking ass. That movie's only eight years old. That movie's not that old either. Nope. Um, and, and and lest we forget, voiced by Alec Baldwin. Well, and I also feel like if we were to do like for instance Kurt Russell in the Christmas Chronicles and the Christmas Chronicles Two. Yes. I feel like he's in the same lane as Scott Calvin, and he's just not going to match up as Scott Calvin. It's just yeah. I mean, listen. I think you're right. If we had a fifth spot, I think 
Chris, I think Chris Santa maybe makes it in. And you got like Arthur Christmas, but the problem with Arthur Christmas is like there is a Santa in that, his dad. Right. And like. And Arthur takes kind the of place. A, it's kind of a bumbling. Yeah. Who goofy kn- Santa. I mean. We're, we're, we're playing it. We're playing it fast and loose. Absolutely. So right. our four that we are going with is Scott Calvin, Chris Kringle, Willie Soak, and Nicholas St. North for our Santas. All right. All right. Third, All right. On third the third day. day of Christmas. We are looking for the best Christmas comedy. This is going to be a problem, dude. And we're we're going. This is going to be a long episode. This is going to be a long episode because we got a lot to talk about. So there's a lot, as you may realize as we talk through this podcast, there are a lot of Christmas comedies or movies that could be considered a comedy. You got Scrooge, which is a little bit darker than like it's not full on. You don't always go right to it's a comedy, but right. it's definitely a comedy. It's Bill Murray. Christmas Vacation, classic. Classic. Home Alone. Classic. Mixed Nuts. Classic. Jingle All the classic. Way. Classic, all of them. Christmas then, with the Cranks. Man, maybe not a classic. Friday After Next. Man, maybe not quite a classic. Maybe not quite a Christmas classic. Yeah. Uh, Bad Santa. Yeah. Elf. Elf. Deck the Halls. Fred, Fred Claus. Claus. Harold and Kumar Christmas. Also probably not a classic. Right. Medea Christmas, The Night Before, yep. Office Party, yep. Daddy's Home 2, Bad Mom's Bad Christmas. Mom's Christmas. There's a lot. And there's ones we're probably missing on this list. But if we're if they're missing on this list, they probably aren't going to be top four. And I got to be honest with you. like we're, We can narrow this down to like five or six right away. And this is where I might have to make my hardest fight <laughs> of, the, of the night. Okay. Because Christmas Vacation is in. Christmas Home, Vacation, in. Home Alone is in. In. Um, Elf is in. In. Bad Santa is in. Jingle All the Way is in. And then Scrooged. And that's where I think the cutoff is, in my opinion. Okay, okay, yep. Now, I strategically listed Scrooge last <laughs> because I didn't want to seem too biased. <laughs> but We already talked about how it's your favorite movie. It is my absolute favorite <laughs> Christmas movie. And I think it's hilarious. And I think it's Bill Murray, and there's stuff, there's just stuff that Bill Murray does in that movie that is so funny. Um, and yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna so do. So if if we're gonna include Scrooge, I think the other three have to be Christmas Vacation. I agree. Home Alone. Yes. And Elf. Yeah. I think Bad Santa is the one that gets knocked off by yeah. Scrooge. Which I think is appropriate because we're still talking Christmas. Right. And the others probably fill the other aspects of Christmas, you know, that we come to expect from your your classic Christmas. Now, here's – this is going to be the hardest one because I'm right. Yeah, you're right. Bad Santa's got to go. What the hell are we going to do about Jingle All the Way? It's true. Jingle All the Way. Because Arnold, Sinbad. Arnold, Sinbad, Phil Hartman – and the fact of the matter is, is like that is a legit like this. That's not a movie that's so bad it is funny. That is a legitimately good comedy. Yeah, it is legitimately funny. It is like it's it's good. It is not only good. It is great. And if I had to look at this list and say Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Elf, completely unbiased. Scrooge being the fourth pick would seem like the big sore thumb sticking out. But Jingle All the Way wouldn't. Like, it feels like Jingle All the Way would feel at home there. Jingle All the Way would be in there for me. It's whether you can come to terms with 
with it being Do there we have, over Scrooge. Can it possibly win something <laughs> later on? There, the, it is in the nomination for some other things. It's, if it's in the nomination for some other things... Um, it might be in Vil- I'm going to make some arguments. We got some spoilers. Some, I'm going to make some arguments for some other ones as well because it's in it's in a couple of other categories. So I will, God, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll take the give bullet. some Arnold Sinbad love. I will give some Arnold Sinbad love. I'm also doing this for good friend of the podcast, Lindsay Friend, because this is one of her all time favorites, and I know Turbo Man borderline disown me if I didn't include this on there. So our four. It. Best Christmas comedies are Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Elf, and Jingle All the Way. All right. To vote for. All right. Boy, that was tough. That, that was, went I, faster than I expected. I just, number one, we're, it's, I realized how long we were going. <laughs> and if we can crank these out in five minute spurts, we'll be okay. Okay. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet delivered to you just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with the other good movie buddies out there. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of this little independent movie podcast filled with love. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, keep the podcast going, but it's also going to give you exclusive patron-only access to things like early episodes, franchise refills episodes, and more. So check that out by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. Next category. Uh, you did the last one, right? I'm going to yep. do this one. Best Christmas villain. The best Scrooge. Not literal Scrooge. But the best Christmas villain out there, right? And we had – there are a lot of Christmas villains out there. We had Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story. Obviously, Hans Gruber. We got Marvin Harry, the, the Wet Bandits from Home Alone. We got Bumble from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I think the Heat Miser is from there as well. We got the Gremlins from Gremlins, particularly Stripe. Old Man Potter, that piece of garbage from It's a Wonderful Life. The Oogie Boogie Man. Ebenezer Scrooge, and, and we can kind of play fast and loose with which Scrooge which we Scrooge, want to pick. Yep, yep, yep. The Grinch, you know? We got we got Michael Caine Scrooge. We got Krampus. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of villains out there. We got Santa from Rare Exports, technically a villain. You got, like, Pitch Black from, uh, uh, from Rise of the Guardians. Mm. You got... Is is Peter Dinklage a villain in Elf? Not really a villain in He's that borderline movie. for me. You yeah. know the mayor in the live action Grinch movie who's just mm-hmm. a yep, literal yep. literal piece of trash. It's true. A um, lot of villains to pick from here. So I feel like one's an obvious has to be on there, and that's the Grinch. Yeah, the Grinch has got to like, be on there. That's a that's a no brainer. Yes, um, I agree. Um, any other no brainers for you? I feel. Like, damn. Um, yeah, I have three. Like, I have three no-brainers in my okay. opinion. I have all four. Okay. Grinch is, Grinch is there, for sure. Yes. Hans Gruber is there, for sure. Like, there's no <laughs> right, freaking right. question. Hans Gruber's there. He's he's one of the greatest villains of all time. I love it. Okay. Um, I think Harry and Marv have to go there. Okay. And, Wet bandits. My, and my last one is Michael Caine 
in Muppet mm. Christmas Carol, his version of Scrooge is almost like the quintessential Scrooge. Like his mm. performance as Scrooge is legit, like a legitimately great performance. Like Michael Caine's a two-time Oscar winner. This could have been his third. That's all I'm saying. It's not out of the realm of possibility. So that's that's what I would throw out there. I'm um, I'm down for uh, the Wet Bandits. Okay, going in there. Okay, this the fourth really is tough because it is a tough one. Obviously, Mr. Oogie Boogie is is fantastic. Could we say Donald Trump in Home Alone too? <laughs> no, can't do Scott, it. Scott Farkas. Oh, like you literally want to punch the kid when you the watch worst. it. Worst. Same with Old Man Potter. So if we're if we're thinking about some of those classics, I mean, those definitely are tough to leave off. But I feel like giving getting Scrooge in there somehow, because Scrooge is prevalent in so many... Like, that story has been told so many times. Right. And I would tend to agree that Michael Caine's was the best. I'm, I'm good with putting in Scrooge. Yeah, we should have a Scrooge in there. I mean, listen, we could get into arguments about how, like... They're not really quite villains. They are the protagonists of their story, you know? Yeah. Like, they are the lead characters. Hans, Hans Gruber and Harry and Marv are, straight are legit villains. villains. But the Grinch, Grinch obviously has a turn. So does Scrooge. Yep. So you know, Krampus, not so much. Not so much. But <laughs> Krampus, Krampus is, a, is a focused villain. He's only going after those who deserve Mr. it. Mr. Oogie Boogie, not so much. Not so much. But, like, po- like uh, Potter is tough. Um, yeah, I think it's got to be. Scrooge. I'm okay with sticking with Scrooge. Okay, we'll do Scrooge. We'll do Michael Caine uh, as Scrooge, All right. particularly Michael Caine. All right. So day five on the fifth day of Christmas, we are looking for the best toy in a Christmas movie. So now i I want to uh, I wanted to change this a little bit to be best gift. Okay. Because I don't think they're all toys necessarily, but okay, I, I I'm okay with that. Okay. So. I'll just rattle off some of the ones that came to mind immediately for me. You have Turbo Man in the aforementioned Jingle All the Way. Hell yeah. Centerpiece of that film. <laughs> Turbo the, Man. Uh, the Clark Griswold Moose Mug. The Moose Mug is phenomenal. he drinks his uh, eggnog in, which you can also buy. Yes. The Red Rider BB gun. Yes. Obviously a very key point of A Christmas Story. Uh Talkboy FX, Home Alone 2. Oh, so good. Fantastic. The Talkboy's incredible. I'll I never, never got one. That. I had a friend who had one, but I, had I never one. got one. Did I had you? one, yeah. I figured you did. I did. Uh, a Nutcracker, a classic. Classic from the Nutcracker. Uh, the Leg Lamp from the, the, from the Christmas Story yep. as well. Yep. The Weenie Whistle from, from Santa, Santa Claus. Santa Claus, yep. Uh, you could also add in their mystery date, but obviously Weenie Whistle's a little That's bit more true. memorable. That's true. Um, and technically Gizmo in Gremlins. Which yes, we, we have already mentioned Gremlins, but Gremlins, in our view, is a Christmas movie. Gremlins is a Christmas and movie. And Gizmo was a gift. Gizmo was a gift. There's a couple of other ones that I wanted to throw out there. Um, that dumb, chubby, curly-headed kid in, in Bad Santa asks for a wooden pickle. Okay. Which, like, I mean, come on. Um, we'll just leave that there. We could get into all types of conversations about the difference between... Uh, a CD and a really expensive necklace from Love Actually. Alan Rickman, how okay. dare you? Okay. Yep. Um, how dare you? Uh, we could talk about all the gifts that Jack Skellington gives, like trunken mm. heads and whatnot. Um, but 
I have two. No, I have three. All right. Give me your three musts. I have three. Um, I, I feel that actually I think I have four. Um, I think Turbo Man's got to be up there. Yep. I think Talk Boy's got to be up yep. there. I think Gizmo has to be up there in my opinion because I want to start giving some love to Gremlins and Gizmo is right. an all-time character. And then the fourth one is a little tough because the weenie whistle is iconic and it turns Judge Reinhold around <laughs> in the movie. The moose mug's phenomenal. The leg lamp is iconic. But the Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. Like, that's got to be it. For me, the BB gun's uh, a must-have. Okay. I, I would, uh, I'm more on the fence with your gizmo, but I'm fine with us. Uh, I think whoever you're talking about filling that fourth spot is not going to win. So <laughs> I would be surprised if gizmo ends up taking home the win. But so so we it, could, have... it could be that Dark Horse Cinderella story, but I think Turbo Man, yep. Talkboy FX, yep. Red Rider BB Gun, and, and I'm okay putting gizmo We'll put in gizmo there. on there. Okay. All right. All right. Moving right along. Um, this one's an interesting one because this one is the best fight in a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, there is a wealth of choices to pick from. We're, we're talking. Listen, it's the holidays. When family gets together, there's, it happens. there's usually some drama. There's the shopping fights. There's, there's all sorts of reasons you might th- fight around the holidays. We got to throw down. Like people just throw down. Okay? Absolutely. Um, and there's a lot like we talk like obviously I think one that's going to be up on the list is Buddy versus Miles Finch mm. is Peter Dinklage whooping Will Ferrell's Must be ass. Southful. It's elf. just an angry elf. Um, you got Vince Vaughn versus Tim McGraw and John Favreau as the MMA guys from Four Christmases. Obviously Arnold versus Sinbad throughout that entire movie, but but like particularly Arnold versus Sinbad during the parade mm. is legit like dope. Yep. Even though it does it's nonsense. Like this is Absolutely. That's not yep. how physics work. Nope. Um John McClane versus several people. John McClane versus Hans Gruber, but I would argue John McClane versus Carl mm. is the better fight. Um you kind of have like the final showdown. Like if we haven't really given a lot of love to In Bruges being a Christmas movie, but kind of like the final showdowns with In Bruges, uh, pretty interesting. Um, you got Kevin versus Harry and Marv in both Home Alone movies. What about Home Alone Three? No, doesn't count because it's not Kevin. The parrot, all that kind of stuff. It's and Scarlett Johansson's in it, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Um, you got James Gandolfini taking a shovel to Affleck's head and surviving Christmas. Not Which I feel movie. some people may be a big fan of Listen, if you're I, not an Affleck fan. I love Affleck. That's not a great movie. <laughs> um, you have all the fights in Reindeer Games, technically. Uh, Willie versus Marcus in Bad Santa. And then one of my dark horses, and it's literally probably just my dark horse, <laughs> but Billy and Gizmo versus Stripe. In uh, in the end of Gremlins, like that's okay. when they're fighting in the mall and the toy store. All right, um, that's that's dope. That's that's a great, and they like melts them in the in the they throw them in the freaking fountain, and then they turn turn the lights on and melt them. Like that's good stuff. That's just good stuff. Yeah, but I, I think uh, you've already said one that's a lot, which is Buddy versus Miles Finch. Yep, Angry Elf. Yep. I mean, how many people say he's an angry elf Gotta do all it. the time? Got to do iconic. it. Iconic. I feel like we, you know, we didn't. We, there's, I mean, there's just a lot. Like we didn't name like when when Ralphie goes at Scott Farkas. 
It's true. And we didn't say, you know, there's some aspects. I don't I don't know that there's a whole lot of what we would call fighting. Right. In like Nightmare Before Christmas. No, but, but like you got like same with Scrooge where the ghost of Christmas present and him kind of just beat the crap out of each other yeah. <laughs> for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think for me, if we're going to what my locks are, I think obviously Buddy versus Miles Finch. Yep. I think. I think you got to do Kevin versus Harry and Kevin Marv. Kevin versus Harry and Marv. Like that's yep. got to happen. I feel like we have to have John McClane versus Hans Gruber. Yeah, yeah, I would say so as well. And I think for me, the last one, and again, we've warned you all ahead of time, we may be revisiting some of the same movies, but for me, it's it's Arnold versus Sinbad in Jingle All the Way. Yeah. would be my fourth. Yeah. The George Bailey and in It's Wonderful Life, I mean, it's not really much of a fight. It's He gets punched and knocked down, basically. Right. There's not a whole lot to it. And even in a Christmas story, it's it's more of a one sided affair here. So I think it's Arnold versus. I mean, Sinbad who doesn't too. want to watch Arnold and Sinbad go? The at only it? one I could think of maybe slipping in. I don't know which one it would replace, but it's it's Ralphie taking down Scott Farkas. But mm. like, I mean, it's a satisfying. If you want to fight. talk about an actual fight, mm-hmm. that's I mean, it's two kids, a schoolyard fight. It's true. No big deal. It's true. That's not on the level of these guys. You got. You got yeah. Buddy and Miles Finch, j- just an anger, hate fueled beatdown. You have John McClane versus Hans Gruber, which is an all time hero versus villain fight. Arnold versus Sinbad, which is like the the quintessential Christmas showdown. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kevin systematically hunting down these two men throughout his house. Like, you, just sorry, Scott. Mm-hmm. He's not going to make it. Sorry. All right. You know, I don't think we have a huge. Following from like the like sixty plus crowd that probably are a whole lot more attached to some of those classics. That's the thing, man. Is like we're millennials, okay, and we recognize on this podcast the the quality and the beloved nature of your Miracle on Thirty Fourth Streets mm-hmm. and your It's a Wonderful Life, your White Christmases. All of those movies have value and are great. But it's like I said, it's our podcast. It's true. All right. right. Day seven, on the seventh day of Christmas, we are looking for the best elf in a Christmas movie. The best elf. So, I mean, we don't even need to debate the first one, which is obviously Buddy the Elf Buddy is the going elf. in there. Yep. I'm not even going to ask whether that's a lock for no, you. I mean, he is. It. There's actually not a ton of elves that we can throw out not there. Not a ton of memorable ones. There is like the quote-unquote elves, mm-hmm. you know, like the elves in... The like the Polar Express were sure. like terrifying. Yeah, but you've got Marcus and Bad Santa. Okay, we've got Hermie. We've already talked about him a little bit. Hermie yep. the dentist. There's the other elves in that too. But I think if you're thinking about like memorable, Hermie would be the memorable one from that. You got Bernard from the Santa Claus. Yep, reoccurring character in the ones that came too. You got Buddy's dad in in the elf. If Bob wanna, Newhart. If we want to double dip from from. Uh, from Elf? From you Elf. The whole crew there. You got Peter Billingsley also plays one of the elves. He's was yep. Uh, yep. was Ralphie and also is John Favreau's producing buddy. Very rich Peter Billingsley. And, and I think now. the other challenge with this category is just that in a lot of Christmas movie, elves are more of like a collective. Right. Like there's the elves mm-hmm. and like each movie has maybe a little bit different take on like what that means. Right. But they're 
individuals themselves aren't as memorable it's also it's also pretty important to note that uh some of the most famous elves in cinema are not on this list there will be no legolas no there will be none of that because uh that's we can't find a way to make lord of the rings a christmas movie sorry uh couldn't do it the hobbits same legend same any of your your fantasy movies not gonna happen no um dwarves also not not applicable um, so yeah, I mean, this one's kind of slim pickings. Uh, so, so I'm going to go buddy. I'm going to okay. go Marcus from bad Santa. I'm going to go Hermie who wants to be a dentist. Okay. And I'm going to go Bernard from the Santa Claus. Yeah. I'm, I would also go Bernard as well. Again, like Bernard, I think, you know, especially if you liked the movie, the Santa Claus, I mean, I think we all remember. I, I have it on good authority and this is going to sound weird coming out of my mouth, but I have oh, it on no. good authority that a number of the females of our age uh, would vote for Bernard in, in the Santa Claus. I just know there's just something about that elf <laughs> that did it. I, I can't, I'm not like, We're I'm not, not going to get into it. I'm not, I'm not going to go further into it. I'm going to leave not, that that's there. That's not, I want to stress very much so, that's not me saying that. Although there would be nothing wrong if I did. That is me on good authority speaking for... Some of the close female friends of the podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that right there, and we're gonna move on to day eight. What do we got? We got day day eight. We're making pretty good time, actually. We've Um, picked it up. We've picked it up after our bullshit. But number eight, the category eight, day eight is best kid or our favorite kid in a Christmas movie, and this fortunately is one that has. There's a ton. There's a lot of kids in Christmas movies. Exactly. Like that's that's the nature of Christmas. There are a couple on here that are Stone Cold Locks. Mm. And that's just like Kevin McAllister is a Stone Cold Lock. Lock it in. It's not going to, it's, there's just, sorry, that's how it's going to happen. Kevin's in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have other ones such as Cindy Lou Who, I would argue, an all timer. Charlie from the Santa Claus. Um, I can't remember his name. The poor kid. I can't remember the chubby kid's name in Bad Santa. Um, but holy crap, is that the kid one that funny. wants a wooden pickle? The one that wants a wooden pickle. What is that kid? Oh, he's just the kid. Perfect. <laughs> um, Tiny Tim, mm. classic. Classic. Ralphie, classic. Uh, you got um, uh, you got the Griswold kids. kids from Christmas Vacation, and then like let's give a little bit of a shout out to some of the other Home Alone kids as well. Buzz, who's almost I would argue. A lot of people remember Buzz. Sure. A lot of a lot of younger siblings were triggered and felt seen with Buzz <laughs> in Home Alone. Um, but then there's also Fuller. Yeah. You know who also same thing. Go a lot of middle Pepsi. children felt seen. A lot of uh, the bedwetter. A lot of people with weird cousins might have might have felt <laughs> a little a little touch to that. So and there, I mean, again, you know, we got the miracle on th- the the girl from Miracle on Thirty Thirty Fourth Street, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. Like there is quite a few that we could go for here, but in my opinion, Kevin's a stone cold lock. Yeah. Um, I think that Ralphie is a stone Ralphie, cold lock. I agree. Um, I think that the next two are really going to come down to like where you fall in terms of, um your nostalgia for, for me it's tiny tim me too and cindy lou who me too oh good good we don't have to argue not gonna lie charlie annoys me sometimes in, yeah. in santa claus don't care for it um, so 
if I got to go with the, and I will say, I think I like Cindy Lou Who in, in the, the latest one. And maybe again, it's probably recency bias of watching it 17 times. Right. But I like the angle that they go with in that movie right. for him. Also, Loki, shout out to uh, Keenan Ke- Thompson. Keenan Thompson okay. in the in the animated one. Okay, I love I love remember, his character in there. You're talking to a guy who has has not seen that new Grinch movie. You need to watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. I'll give it a shot. All right. Um, I'll put Cindy Lou Who on there as well. Uh, so that's our four: Kevin, Ralphie, Tiny Tim, Cindy Lou Who. All right. uh, is our our favorite kids. What's day nine? All right, on the ninth day of our movie Christmas. On the ninth day of our movie category Christmas, we really didn't. No, it's not. It's not really it very uh, friendly for singing. No. We are going to go with the best appearance by an animal in a Christmas movie. Yes. So yes, I'll, there's some there's some good ones. We've got Max. The Grinch. For those dog. of you that don't know, the Grinch's dog. Yep. If you don't remember his name, yep. Zero. Yep. Which would be Sandy Claus. That would be Sandy Claus. That would be the ghost dog. An, icon, ghost dog. an iconic mm-hmm. uh, character design. See him in quite opinion. a few uh, Christmas displays. Yep. The cat in Christmas Vacation yep. that gets uh, <laughs> barbecued in the tree. The ones that get fried, yep. Uh, Gizmo, if, if you want to argue gremlins are a... Uh, I would argue that Gizmo, an animal. Gizmo is an animal. Yes. Mr. Narwhal from Elf, if you remember in the opening when okay. he's... Uh, Walking his way to New York City. Okay. Rudolph, okay. obviously. Obviously. Comet from Santa Claus. If we want to add another reindeer in there, he's a, a he's a pretty centered. Beloved, wacky reindeer. Central uh, character. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Snoopy, obviously, from Snoopy's Charlie Brown. A big one. And there's a couple of other ones too. You know, like you could give a shout out to the mice from Scrooge. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, we we already talked about zero. Uh, this one's going to be one that is not going to make the list, but I would fight for it. But Emmett Otter from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Uh, okay. Which is, it's a, again, we're talking a Christmas special here, <laughs> but that's an all-timer kind of Christmas okay. special. Um, and I guess one could make the argument that when Scrooge McDuck plays actual Scrooge in the, in the Mickey Christmas, uh, Christmas carols, like that's technically he's a duck. Tiny Tim. He's an animal. In that one, technically, Tiny Tim. Yeah. Well, want, like a best appearance by an animal in a Christmas movie. Every Muppet. Like True. pick your Muppet, supposedly. So, all right, this is a tough one. Again, in my opinion, um, I have five that are, or I have four that are locks. So you can't have five locks. Can't have five. If, uh... Can't have five. All right. So my locks are um, Max, Zero, Gizmo, and Snoopy. Interesting. That's my, those are my locks right there. Uh, this this one I might have to throw down with you. Okay, on okay, okay. I feel like you forget the man who has a song name after him. Yeah, his name is Rudolph, it's true. and he's the red nosed reindeer. I guess like how do you not put Rudolph the red nosed reindeer? As I mean, I would argue animal? Rudolph is the most locked in animal <laughs> of all of them. <laughs> I don't think I can argue with that. Like that's. I would also say Max. Max would be my second in my power rankings okay. here. Okay. Um, and then I would argue Snoopy, but I don't know if it's because of Snoopy's performance in the in the Christmas special Christmas movie, or if it's just or Snoopy. whether it's just that Snoopy is the biggest name left on this list. So, so that's I, that's kind of like the same thing with Zero. Is like I. 
don't remember a single thing that Zero does in um, Nightmare Before Christmas, but I do remember that it is like he's basically like the Boba Fett of that movie, where it's just like this is a cool Everybody looking ghost Zero. dog. Yeah. Like, yeah, it looks cool looking ghost dog. So Sign if, me up. if if you want to fight for Gizmo, I think we go Gizmo and Snoopy, and we knock Zero out of there. Oh man, that feels like a big swing for some some of our Disney Disney fans. We we have been. Beating up uh, Nightmare Before Christmas has been like, I can't remember the the best latest example of the movie that gets like 12 Academy Award nominations and doesn't win anything. The Irishman. That would be the Irishman. (laughs) (laughs) It gets all the buzz, but none of the nominations are winning. It's tough, man. It's a tough one. I think, uh, I mean, mean, we already have Rudolph up there, but a lot of people forget that Comet was like, that. he's like the scene stealer in Uh, in Santa Claus, too. Um, all right, we agree with Snoopy. All right, we right? Go Snoopy. We agree with Snoopy. Okay. And you said you were going to give me Gizmo, right? I said I'd give you Gizmo if you want it. Do I want to take Gizmo over Zero? Yes, I do. All right. Gizmo's going up. So our four best animals, best appearances in animal in a Christmas movie are going to be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Max in the Grinch, Snoopy in the Charlie Brown Christmas, and Gizmo in Gremlins. Um now, our next one, our, our 10th day of Christmas, is the best use of a song in a Christmas movie. And this is not the best Christmas, Christmas song. song. No. We're, we didn't pump the brakes already, for those of you, when you hear whatever we end up picking. Yeah. It is not us saying that is the best Christmas song. Like, it is the best use of a song in a Christmas movie. Like, uh, sorry, but... Um, all I want for Christmas is not on on the list. Sorry, Mariah. Like mm. it's just there's no part of that, unfortunately. Um, so we have a couple here now. Th- some of these is really hard to not just say like the soundtrack, the whole soundtrack, because I would argue that the Home Alone soundtrack as a whole is iconic top to bottom. Because not only do you have John Williams who is arguably one of the greatest composers of all time. But you have him doing classic compositions of classic Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's a big one. Um, Same thing with, like, the Polar Express and that whole soundtrack as well. But let's try and break it down by some more songs here. So here's a good one. When they do the little duet, the the kind of shower duet, if you will, which is a little weird at first, but of Baby It's Cold Outside in Elf. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good use of that song. Also, also in Elf, they do, uh, to get the sleigh going, they do the You Better Watch Out. Yep. Santa, Santa Claus, Claus is Coming to Town. town. Another go. great usage for that as well. Um, you got, I mean, again, it's a matter of like picking what song do you want from like the Home Alone soundtrack. Like from, in my opinion, the best use of a Christmas song in that movie is when it goes from Carol of the Bells and he's talking with the old snow shovel man mm-hmm. into the music where he's got to go prep the house. Mm. Like where it's like, dun, 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 Like that makes me want to Christmas through a wall. Like it's I will true. get jacked up. I feel like it's also the go-to if you set your house to <laughs> lights. Yeah. <laughs> to music. If you set your lights to yeah. music and have it go, like it's always used. Yep. Yep, I think I would agree with you on that. Um, I mean, there's a number of different songs from the Polar Express. Like, when Christmas comes to town and they're singing on, on the on the train, like, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Hot Chocolate, great song. Mm. Uh, Rocking on Top of the World, when they, when they seemingly brought in Aerosmith uh, to the <laughs> North Pole. Like, that's good stuff, you know? Josh Groban did Believe for that, for that movie. Um, the Grinch has a couple, obviously, when they do... Uh, Where Are You Christmas? Where Are You Christmas in the You got the one. classic You're a Mean One. You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. When they do the kind of... I don't know what it's called, but like the... Yeah, that one. You know, that one around the Christmas tree. Yep. Like, that's good stuff. Um, you got the montages, the Frosty the Snowman and the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, mm-hmm. where it's like they got to queue up the songs for those specials. Yep. Um, you got... Man, the question of like which version, again, which song from Charlie Brown Christmas do you want to throw in there? Sure. Um, Let me inject <laughs> Christmas Vacation. Okay. <laughs> Melikaliki Maka <laughs> as he daydreams about his pool. Oh, Come man, on now. The pool. Gosh. Um, man, this is a tough one. <sighs> do you have any strong thoughts on any of these? This is... Uh, this is one where I, I'm not as strong. I mean, if I had to throw in for one, it's, uh, it's probably slightly affected by the fact that it's one of my favorite uh-huh. Christmas songs, which uh-huh. is uh, Melikaliki Maka. <laughs> I'll throw it in there, man. I mean, the, the other thing, like, again, we got we to gotta cover ourselves here. I'll throw it in there uh, because, like, why not? Um, I mean, but, we, we haven't had much love for Christmas Vacation. We haven't. Thus, we really haven't. Thus far. But, like, we got to give... There's some there's some other shout-outs we got to give. Like, we haven't... I, I would argue one of the newer ones, like, This Day, that opens Jingle Jangle on Netflix. That mm. song slaps hard. Okay. That's an incredible song. And we haven't even talked about um, the freaking Muppet Christmas Carol, which has a, ton, a boatload of songs from it. I think you're a mean one. Probably needs to be on the list. I agree. I agree with that. Mr. Grinch. Okay. Um, After that, I'm. if you feel strongly, I'm, I'm amendable to anything. You know. Because Rudolph and Frosty, to me, the songs aren't as much used in the movie because obviously they just describe what happens right. in, in the movies. So while they are iconic songs, I think the use of them in the movie is not that strong. Right. So. All right, I man. Think, uh, I'm going to make. I think I'm, I can be amendable to other choices. I'm going to put. God, this is dumb, but it's our podcast, so we can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> I'm putting this day from Jingle Jangle on there. Okay. Because. Um, Shout out to a recent movie that people can go and watch right now. Go watch it right now. a brand new one. It's a Christmas musical. My sister turned me on to it. She sent me the soundtrack. And this day has been on borderline repeat for about a week. It's going to show up in next year's Spotify Unwrapped (laughs) as like the most most listened song. So I'm going to put this day on here. And then I'm going to pivot. Okay. I'm going to pivot because we haven't talked about one other movie on here. I'm not. We're not going to do "Baby It's Cold Outside" from Elf. We Elf's getting a lot Elf's of love. Got a lot of love. Yep. We're going to do specifically because we haven't given it a lot of love. We're going to give "What's This" from A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to do that one because that's a big one. That's a big. We're going to discover Christmas. There's snowy in the air. All that stuff. Like it is very it's still gothic. It's still a little haunting, but it is definitely. A song in a Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, we, if Christmas. we're going to pick from a movie, we can't really do This is Halloween no. from Nightmare Before can't Christmas. Can't do it. You basically Christmas do, song. like, Kidnap the Sandy Claus, 
Uh, or like, that's it. Because you can't do the Oogie Boogie song. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. Not really. Um, no. So yeah, so right. our our four songs are Mele Kalimili. How do you say that? Mele. Mele. Kalikimaka. Kalikimaka. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to do that from Christmas Vacation. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. This day from Jingle Jangle, and what it, what's this from A Nightmare Before Christmas? All right, I like got two it. more. All right, last two. If you're still listening, we appreciate it. This isn't <laughs> our longest episode. This isn't. We're doing fine. All right, day 11. On the 11th day, category is the best meaning of Christmas. You can't see me, but I'm doing quotes. Meaning of Christmas moment. So when we, when we get into this... Every Christmas movie, yes. and we didn't make this a, a necessary part of being a Christmas movie, but most Christmas movies have that meaning of Christmas moment mm-hmm. where someone is unselfish or is giving or goes out of the way to help another. Yes. That, you know, that spirit of Christmas is, is felt. So right. some examples to, to get you thinking would be things like the, the neighbors in the town helping the cranks. After they've said they're not doing Christmas all 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 week long, and their daughter's coming home for Christmas, yep. and they all rally together to get the decorations up, to get the meals set up, all that good stuff. It's very sweet. I enjoy that movie, by the way. Yeah. Um, we've got the snow shoveler. Yep. Or as Buzz calls him, the ice bin <laughs> shovel slayer. <laughs> the old man who uh, he has who that. Not only heart. does he. Salt the sidewalks, right? Which is a nice, yeah. Thing. He obviously shares that nice moment in the church, as well as obviously rescues Kevin at the end. Yep, reconciles with his family at the end. They share that moment. The turtle loves, or the turtle doves. Yep, moment with the bird lady in Home Alone too. Yep, uh, that's a good one. You could argue even with uh, Duncan in the toy shop. Yep, also with giving good one. the money in that uh, Turbo Man to Sinbad, Arnold giving it up after all that in Just the movie all time. The cop uh, ripping apart John McClane's uh, parking ticket at the end of Die Hard 2. In Die Hard uh, 2. Yeah, Die Hard 2. You've got the Grinch returning presents, obviously. Mm -hmm. Scrooge reconciling. Um, Like basically every Scrooge movie. The Tiny Tin moment when he says, God bless us, everyone, Uh, you know, all that. Uh, The weenie whistle and mystery date when he drops those down. Those presents. Late in uh, Santa Claus. Uh, the town covering George's debt in It's a Wonderful like a Life. a huge gesture. Yeah. I mean, there are smaller gestures as well, like the cue cards from Love Actually. Okay, you know, yep, is that, yep, yep. Is that a meaning of Christmas per se? Mm, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. is the proposal in Love Actually like a meaning of Christmas thing? Uh, I don't know, you okay. know. But uh, I love, like, I know that we said Scrooge in general, but... I just am going to lock down one on this list. I'm okay. Gonna, uh, this is one where I'm cashing in my Scrooge <laughs> chips. All right. And I'm going to say Bill Murray's final speech. Okay. And Scrooge. All right. Still gets me, man. Like, and the best part is you can't tell if it was improvised, how much was improvised, how much was scripted, how much they just were like, Bill, just go out and cook. Just go out and do your thing. We're going to keep the mm-hmm. cameras rolling. Mm-hmm. But it's one of my favorite just like stream of consciousness moments that has to do and like again, he fi- he drops he, he pretends to drop a baby, which is fake. He makes out with one of the rockets. Mm-hmm. Like he does the feed me seed more line at the end. You get the tiny Tim moment, obviously, all locked into it. You get the little gestures yep. where he's like, I want you to bring 
the 120 bottles of champagne, but don't bring the cheap stuff I send to everybody else. Bring the stuff you send to me. Like those types of things. It's just a great speech. So I that's I'm using my I don't know what you want to call it, my golden buzzer, if you okay. will. But that's going on there. I would argue that I have our other three. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. And the good part is they're ones that we feel like haven't been as representative. Okay. I think the town covering George's debt in It's a Wonderful Life. Classic, mm-hmm. classic Christmas movie and obviously a, a very big gesture and leads to an iconic ending scene. Um, I agree. I think he says I agree. the uh, God blesses everyone and then they sing. Is it the same song they sing in The Grinch? At the I don't end? think it's the same song. But anyway, but there's they, all that. They like, sing a song. That the, that whole you know the luckiest man fantastic. and what's yeah. that bell? Oh, that means he got his wings. angel got all, his wings. All, yeah, that, all that like all waterworks. That. Yep. Um, I think in a similar. Well, this is going to be our bias, but I think after the whole movie of going back and forth, the Turbo Man to Sinbad yep. needs to be in there. Yep. And then to me, I'm down to two. And I like that. Don't forget, though, Sinbad still goes to jail in that movie. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, I'm down to two, but maybe there's three. Okay. I had the Weenie Whistle and Mystery Date. It's a good one. I had the town helping the cranks, which I felt like was was a good one. There's some some good comedy in that uh-huh. still. And then, uh, and actually, technically, in mixed in there, I don't know how familiar you are with Christmas with it's the cranks. It's been a while. But there's also Tim Allen's character gives their uh, cruise that they were going to go on the whole time to his grumpy old neighbor across the street and his wife, who's not the best health wise, okay. gives that away. Okay. So there's that gesture. in addition to the town helping him. But uh, you've got that. So I, I'm between Cranks, the mystery date, and then obviously your, your classic Grinch returning the presents. And everything that goes with that. I think it's got to be the Grinch. I think Grinch has got to be in there. Like, so. those are all good ones. And the Weenie Whistle was really, really close. But the Grinch returning, you know, the presence is a big gesture. But what's funny is that it's actually preceded by a bigger gesture, which is when they all accept that they don't need the presence. Well, and and it's Grinch also, realizes that it's not about the presence. Yeah, and his heart growing few sizes. few sizes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Last one. Our last, our tw- on the 12th day of Christmas, we are picking the best Christmas movie that is not suitable for children. And fortunately, this is one of my favorite categories. <laughs> like, I love a good, whether it be a dark, scary holiday-themed movie, whether it be Literally any one of Shane Black's action movies, whether it be your Lethal Weapons, your Long Kiss Goodnights, whatever, a slasher movie like Black Christmas, whether it be Holiday, mm. which was very vulgar and enjoyable, um, Reindeer Games, Bad Santa, like there's so many. It is no coincidence that I did the animated and yes. you are doing the... And I am uh, doing the adult rated yes. one. Yes, it is. There is no coincidence there. So I listed off some. Let's list off a couple others here while we're at it. But we have on our list for best movie not suitable for children. Most of them are R-rated except for a couple. Um, Bad Santa, obviously. Office Christmas Party. Bad Mom's Christmas, obviously. Rare Exports. <laughs> Do not show your kids Rare no. Exports for don't, the love don't, of God. Don't pop that in. Um, the Night Before, which I remember seeing uh, on... We were doing a movie competition year. We were doing a movie competition year. I went with a, a good friend of the podcast, Lindsay Lauer, 
and um, we partic- we partook in in a herbal <laughs> herbal remedies, and I watched that movie, and it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Um, we got Trading Places, obviously all time comedy. You got all your action movies that I listed. Die Hard, obviously. Reindeer Games, Lethal Weapon, all of those types of movies. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Hell, I mean, Iron Man 3. Although Iron Man 3, you could argue, is specifically aimed at children. Um, Eyes Wide Shut, if we want to get real weird. Yeah. uh, Is Christmas movie, technically. And then I put Scrooged and Krampus on here as well because um, they are not children's movies. Like, Scrooged is legitimately creepy. There's... Like there's some cursing there's some real there questionable moments and there's like some almost nudity. There's some cursing, um, and then Krampus is PG thirteen as well. But it's that's a scary movie. That's got mm-hmm. like evil gingerbread people and a jack in a box person that'll eat your children. And it's rad as hell. And I did see it as a double feature with Lindsay when we watched the night before. But like, don't show your kids Krampus. Like, chill out. It, when they're old enough, you can do like a double feature of Krampus and Gremlins because they're in the same vein. One could argue that Gremlins could go on this list as well, depending on how old your children are. Mm-hmm. So this is a tough one, man. I feel like there's specifically. I actually feel really. <sighs> Die Hard's got to go on here. Like, there's no question. Okay. Die Hard's got to go on here. Okay, okay, I accept that. Um, that one is like the. I think might be the actual only Stone Cold Lock here, because obviously I would make the argument for Scrooged. Mm-hmm. But is it not suitable for children enough? It's true. <laughs> you know, like that's tough. Um, I feel like Bad Santa is iconic. I Bad mean, Santa is iconic. It's the definition of like if an adult's going to watch a. Like, yeah, like that's, I mean, one could argue Holidate that I, I can't believe the amount of times that I have mentioned Holidate on this damn podcast. It is, it, it's that recency bias. It is recency bias. Um, but I it's like good. <laughs> we didn't mention the ref either. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Would uh, What's the other one? Even Mixed Nuts would be in there too. Mixed Nuts could be up there. Another, yeah. yeah. Um, Love Actually, I believe, is technically rated R. It's true. It is. We should put Love Actually on there. Throw throw a bone to like I mean an let under, me double check an underserved crowd in our podcast pontificate a little bit on some more of these I just want to do a quick fact check on that um, while I do it but what are your thoughts what what else do you think could, could go up here well I mean you get into the the fact of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang would be one of my favorite movies but it's would true. I push for it to be one of your best Christmas movies probably not. Um, same with Reindeer Games. I enjoy that right. a lot. I think Office Christmas Party could be considered just because, or or the night before, I think we should maybe pick one of those because they kind of, or, or maybe Holiday. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak on it as much. But I think we need maybe another kind of like Christmas is every part of this movie and it's also very vulgar and inappropriate. So like I feel like the night before... Office Christmas party or it sounds like holiday all kind of fill that. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, love actually. And, and I would and I would go for love actually if it's 
It's got enough. Would, it's it's got it's got curses. It's got right. swears. Rated R for sexuality, nudity, and language. I mean, it's rated R. So I mean, it, you're automatically in the category if you're rated so R. So we're gonna put so. Love Actually on there, and then that leaves us the fourth one. And like I'm like you, where this Kiss is, Kiss Bang Bang. The problem with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, man, it doesn't have that feeling. It, no, doesn't, it doesn't have invoke, that Christmas feeling. It it's not something that you that feeling. I feel like all of these. It has to be something that like. You kind of would go out of your way to watch this time of year. And I don't know that you would do that with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's right. Right. Because you can, I mean, you can watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang whenever you want. It's still yeah. going to be a great movie. Absolutely. Um, or we could go the horror route, which is not served currently in this, and go like Rare Exports or Krampus. So I or like Black that. Or Black Christmas. I like that. I think, um, man... Krampus is probably the more approachable movie for people. I've seen Rare Exports... It's more of a uh, unique. That's the thing, right? So Black Christmas is is a slasher movie, and it's a, a, a multiple remakes of a slasher movie. There was one that was recently remade. I think it was last year yeah, that did a little one. more. It leaned a little more towards the feminism side of things. It was a little more women kicking ass kind of um, version of it, and it was it was. I think it was okay, well received. There was a version that had like a, a really decent cast. Um, gosh, I can't remember when, like the early 2000s, I think, um, where like it, it had a legit, like a legit decent cast of people. Like Lacey Chabert was in it. Um, in, oh, it was in 2006. 2006. 2006, yeah. where you had like Katie Cassidy, Michelle Trachtenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Lacey Chabert, like those are not nobodies. Like that, that was, yeah. those are uh, that's a good cast. But then you have the classic 1974 version as well. So you kind of split on that. Krampus is one that is a favorite of mine. Is a little bit more accessible. Maybe isn't super popular, but like I had a good time with it. Like mm -hmm. it has good practical effects. Practical effects. It has good creature design. So that is probably where I'm leaning towards. Um, I'm probably going to lean towards Krampus. All right, let's go Krampus. Let's All right, put it on. so so that leaves our best Christmas movie not suitable for children are Die Hard, Bad Santa, Love Actually, and Krampus. That's what we have. You feel good? We feel, feel good, good about that? I'm, I'm good with that. Now, don't forget to go on to our Twitter, at The Popcorn Diet. When this episode is out, go to our Twitter handle, and vote for your favorites of each of these categories. Voting is going to be open all the way towards December 25th. So go in and vote, uh, and we'll see who wins. And if you have something that we left off, either we didn't uh, put it on the actual list or we didn't even talk about it in the podcast. If you know, I don't think either of us claim to be, like I would say holiday movies are, if anything, a, a a blind spot in your <laughs> movie expertise. Sure. And I'm by no means, I'm becoming a We're animated children's <laughs> Christmas movie expert based off of being forced into it. But neither of us, I mean, when you Google popular Christmas movies, I haven't seen half of the ones that are on there. I like mean, the if you just go on Google, it says Fat Man, which I don't know what that is. That's Noel. Mel Gibson. Noel didn't see. Happiest season, Happiest Claws season, I've seen, Claws, last, last Christmas. Christmas. I mean, 
Where can we got? I haven't even watched the Christmas I feel Chronicles like I'm yet. Five years behind on Christmas movies. Apparently. We are. I, I am, uh, and that's the thing is, I think a lot of us go back when Christmas rolls around. We're not looking for the latest Christmas no, movie. No, I want to go back to what we I want to go familiar. back to that. You know, that comfy, that movie we watched, the nostalgia, all that good stuff. Like, so, do I really want to watch Last Christmas, or do I want to watch Elf for the eighty seventh time? Yeah, I want to watch I Elf. Mean, Noel's got a great cast, so maybe I need to give uh, Noel a, a chance. I guess on Disney Plus, we'll see. There you go. So yeah, go to Twitter, go vote on your favorites, or let us know if you feel strongly about what we left out. But before we wrap up, I want to remind everybody that you can get free episodes sent to you of the Popcorn Diet just by hitting the subscribe button or hitting that follow button wherever you're listening, whether it be on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. It's not iTunes, but Apple Podcasts. Literally, wherever you listen to podcasts, find the Popcorn Diet, hit that button, take a second, and follow us. Share us with your friends and your other good movie buddies. Also, don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast of course we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on facebook on twitter on instagram at the popcorn diet and last but certainly not least you can find all of our latest regular episodes articles and more on our website popcorndietpodcast.com but for the canadian machine mr david melhorn I am your very best good movie buddy rick williamson and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.